Hello and welcome back, everybody. We are broadcasting live from the NAB Show 2017 in the Advanced Advertising Pavilion. And we just finished a fantastic session that dug deep into the heart of programmatic media with two leaders in programmatic who are really driving this industry right now. And that is the fabulous Chip Hall from a small company called Google, Managing Director. Hello. And the fabulous Pete Kim, who's the CEO of Mighty Hive, which is a really important partner of Google's in this programmatic world. And Mighty Hive actually brought us this panel today, so thank you so much for doing that. Very welcome. It was an awesome panel. <laughs> Super so, fun. So can you guys talk a little bit about what are some of the major issues right now surrounding programmatic? Because everyone's trying to figure it out, right? And, and some people are terrified of that word. Some people are like digging head in. So what are the bigger issues? Yeah, so one of biggest issues is, is definition, um, and I think that's the right place to start. The, uh, it means a lot of things to different people. In the world of digital display, it's, it's meant to be able to hyper-target a specific ad to a specific person as, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a specific place. TV, it's a little bit different, um, and it, frankly, it's a little bit fuzzier. There, when we talk about programmatic, I think we want to define it more granularly to um, are you using data of any kind in any sort of automated fashion to find a specific audience? So a little bit more broadly than say an individual person. And one of the themes that came out today was the fact that even beyond those notions of programmatic as automation or for data focused and things like that is really the big, big picture is that we're trying to make advertising better, right? More personalized to the audience, better for the publisher, better for the advertiser, better for the content owner, and better for the consumer. Yeah, and you asked the question about, about issues that are coming up. I yeah. mean, two, two, two major issues, which is really, I think in any emerging um, you know, sector or any emerging industry or any emerging trend, people are going to be a little bit worried about what's new, right? And as I, as I said in the panel, there's a little bit of that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, the FUD factor. And within that FUD factor, what we're seeing is that first people are worried about commoditization, because as data becomes a, as data becomes more liquid, and you better understand who your customer is, and your insights become you know more granular, literally as you get more broad with your reach, but you get more granular on your insight, um, people worry that it's going to be a race to the bottom. Right. Suddenly, the price, it's all going to be about price, and price is going to go super low. Um, what we're finding, actually, especially after, call it five to seven years on the display digital side, we're seeing the exact opposite, which is people are now buying for value. People will buy one or two impressions for thousands of dollars because they're so unique, right? So we can understand the notion and the fear of commoditization, but we also have seen from our, you know, our past or the past few years that really turns into value. And in fact, with TV, especially parts of TV where there's supply constraint, you actually can use the data insights and just basic supply demand, that limited supply becomes even more valuable. The second thing people have been worried about, I think, in TV is um, disintermediation, meaning that it's such a relationship business, is the technology to get in the middle and you know, the robots and the machinery are going to take over, right? And I, I'm here to say that no, that's not going to happen. Um, and as I said earlier as well, what you need to do is you need to take control of the process and the technology. And when you do that, your relationships are even more important because from the buyer and the seller, you can share insights. Right? And together, you can actually create new marketplaces that are more valuable for both parties. So can I, can I ask you guys a question that came up in our last session, which is what's the role of creative in a situation where it's all programmatic? So, you know, it's actually really interesting. Um, one of the themes that came out today was that the programmatic powers that be haven't done themselves any favors by making very complicated terminology and making things seem so incredibly intricate. It actually is very simple. 
And from a creative perspective, it's just as simple. And any five-year-old can tell you that if you want to get a message out to somebody, then it's about as important that who you say something to is just as important as what you say. Right, right. And so um, it, that is exactly what I'll like, you know, lean upon here to explain it. Programmatic creative is just a fancy term for being able to say the right thing to the right person at the right time. Right. And so, um, you know, it sounds like a simple thing, and but there's some pretty sophisticated technology that's needed in order to achieve that. But ultimately, creative is one of those things that you have to get right because anybody, any five-year-old can tell you that if you pick the perfect time and the perfect person to have a conversation with and then say the wrong thing, right, you actually may have done harm to your brand or harm to whatever you're trying to get done. And and so, of course, creative has to be uh, a fundamental part of something that you get right. Yeah, I will say, though, that unfortunately, it's one of the things that most of us, when I say us, I mean as an industry, we allow, we allow ourselves to forget, right? Because we sometimes then rely on our um, relationships, our supply chain relationships, our internal creative, our agency relationships. A lot of people touch the creative process. Yeah. And, and I will say as a, as a challenge, and it's not a fear, you know, it's really a challenge, is how do you get the, creat the creatives, the people actually doing the creative, closer to the insights? And that, again, is, is the power, the, the visionary power of what Programmatic does, because really it, we want to create a new set of tools where the ideas that people are going to generate are fueled by insights that are as close to real time as possible. Right, because you know this is as people are saying this is not a new concept. Right, right. That insights on your customer fuel the creative, the message you show them. I mean, I like to say that the very first um, marketplace was the Agora, the Greek marketplace way back when. So in the morning, you may um, you know, someone may merchandise you know that morning's fish. In the afternoon, it's going to be the, the fruit that was picked off the trees. And the merchandiser is going to sit there at their stall, and they're going to they're going to merchandise accordingly, especially given the audience that they know. So you know humans have been doing this forever. Right. The question now is, can you do it in real time at global scale? The answer with programmatic is yes. And what's interesting is that in a lot of ways, this actually sets the creative process free. Uh, oftentimes, Chip and I will talk with creative teams around the world and we'll say, hey guys, tell me if this sounds familiar. Sitting around a big table and jockeying back and forth, jousting back and forth, debating back and forth about what is the one message that we want to give to the entire world. And you know, there's 15 different messages and you gotta pick one, but you know what? You don't have to pick one because the real truth is, all of you guys were right. It was just to which particular audience you were aiming that specific message. What Programmatic Creative allows you to do now is to vary the message to have 15 or 15 million creative messages and figure out and let the data tell you which one's right for whom at what time. All right, now can I ask the one evil question, which is what about fraud? Because that's obviously the topic at every media conference I go to right now is everyone's like, you know, I, I heard the Bank of America, um, I forget his name, but he's like, I'm pulling all of my money out of digital, you know, and I'm like, dude, relax, <laughs> relax. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. That's yeah. How I feel. That's how I feel. So, well, I know you guys are, are addressing it, but how do you calm everyone down about that? Well, I think for starters, um, you know, part of it is, uh, is a recognition of, 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 of kind of risk and risk management. Um, and for those of us who've been in the, the game a long time, it's never been safer, to be honest. Right. Um, and I think there's also an implicit understanding that um, that that there are there are bad actors. And I, you know, one of the things I like to say, it just is what it is. It's a little bit of a game of whack-a-mole. Yeah. You know, you whack down one bad actor, and others others pop up. The reality, if you want to talk about fraud writ large, yeah. And this is this is important to understand. We're talking about organized crime mm -hmm. on a global scale. 
Right. So this is not some little mom and pop it's, operation. Isn't it the Russians? <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know, but I do know it's organized crime on a, on a global scale. And so that that's it's it's not only dangerous, you know, but it's 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 cross border. I mean, it's not it's not even our own one industry, right? right. It's, it's really almost an it is it's an international issue. So that being said, um, the question really becomes, and I said this to the, to the audience, um, it becomes even more important to have faith in the people you're working with, right? I would argue that it means that you want to work with very well-established people who have a whole lot to lose if they don't do everything in their power to make you safe. Right. Um, so now on a Google standpoint, we have a whole lot to lose. We have a whole lot of scale, um, which is why when we had the brand safety issues, we really, it was, a, it was an incredible call to action. We motivated a thousand engineers within days. We changed longstanding policies to be even more protective of both the buyer and the seller. We refined our controls as to how you can white and blacklist, essentially what you include and exclude, mm -hmm. again, on a very granular content level. So we, we tried to make it safer in the, in the sense that as a buyer or a seller, you had much more control on what you let in or didn't let in. Um, I will say, though, that it's certainly not a reason to fully disengage, right? And, and to me, it's a bit ironic because I've heard of certain advertisers that have taken stuff out of, say, the Google ecosystem, but they're still putting it into little mom and pop networks, yeah, which are absolutely, you know, riskier. Right, right. right? And right. so that, that's, that, that tells me that's more of an emotional than a rational Yeah, you're you know, still decision. sleeping with someone, so it's like, you know, <laughs> sorry. So a couple of other comments there. I think that, you know, it's perfect is the enemy of good, right? right? Or good enough. And I think that one thing that is that, you know, just to like, you know, support Chip's point is that I don't think that, you know, just because something isn't perfect is rationale, sufficient rationale to completely pull out of something, right? To stop doing it altogether. It's like, you know, I'm not going to take part in society because there's crime. No, no, no. You have to take part in this. And from a business perspective, if you pull out, then you know what? You know who's going to love that move? Their competitors. That's right, right. right. right? Who are right. going to zoom ahead and right, kind of right. move forward with this type of stuff. But what I can say is that, you know, yes, there's absolutely some stuff that we all have to work on as an industry. And, you know, uh, every day we fight that fight. Google fights that fight. Mighty High fights that fight. That being said, you know, we are confident that every single day, A, the problem's getting better, and B, we deliver value. Yeah, and I will say, too, just as a, as a last point on this, and this is, a, I think, a fabulous call to action. Don't let a good crisis you know, go to waste here. If you are a buyer, you, know, you, you, you talked about B of A, but anybody, know who your counterparty is. Know who's actually selling to you. Part of fraud is you yeah. allow all these people to get between you. In between, you, right, 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 right. right. But, and we live in a world of transparency. You have the ability. It takes a little bit more effort. Yeah. But you have the ability to know exactly who you're dealing with on the other right. side. So make sure you know. Right. So um, one last question for you. Where can people learn about the great work that you're doing? Because it's, it is hard to navigate the space, as you said. So if I'm jumping in, you know, how do I learn about the best practices with Google and Mighty Hive? Like, do you have, are there websites I can go to? Like, where, where can I go to learn the, the most? Um, so, yeah, I, I think we both have websites, and um, we're happy to talk about this, too. Reach out to us and say hello, and, you know, it's, it's, it's always really fun to get so into the So can I weeds. call you in the middle of the night? You can call me right now. Absolutely. I love talking about this stuff. I think I got one of the greatest jobs in the world. Do you guys right. ever sleep because you're in, like, the, such a hot space? <laughs> Actually, R rarely, especially, especially when you're going between time zones like you do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, there's this awesome search engine called Google, and if you want to learn more, go there and uh, type in what you're looking for. And, and, and you, you guys have us. some best practices up there. All 100%. right. Well, we've been talking with Chip Hall and also um, Pete Kim from Mighty Hive and from Google all about programmatic media and jump in is the is the watchword here. Don't be afraid. Get in the game. 
Um, lots of magic happening in programmatic media now. So thank you so much for joining us at the Advanced Advertising Pavilion here at NAB 2017. We've been broadcasting live from voiceamerica.com, and we'll be back again with some more fabulous thought leaders. And you can stalk Pete and Chip online, apparently. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you.